Yes, welcome to the Stranger Things podcast, the finale, if you will, the post-mortem, if you will, where we do a bit of after-season talk about Stranger Things 2. What show do you mean? Oh, what? I've never heard of it. It's been a week. We all forgot. Hello, I'm Jacob Burrows. And I am Jim Scampoli. Uh, I am so happy to be here as we bid a fond adieu to Stranger Things 2, because you can't just do three episodes on Stranger Things 2. You gotta end on an even number. You need four episodes on Stranger Things 2. Makes sense to me. Now, yes, yes. There's something wrong with the video where you're completely frozen, just so you know. Oh my goodness. Just a little side note there. But who knows what's up with that? It's spooky in the machine. Oh, everything in the machine. Yeah, we're going to talk about... I mean, this is... Hey, Jim, do you realize uh, when you say you're going to fix something, everyone gets mad at you and yells at you on the internet? Have you noticed this? Mm. Now I can't hear Jim. Okay, this is going great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I seem to be alone on a broadcast. I mean, that's from my point of view. I'll I'll keep this ball rolling. I mean, I don't mind. Uh, it's just kind of weird that there's no no Jimbo here with me. I'm usually, you know, throwing the ball his way. He's throwing the ball. There's literally, like, static on my screen right now. Anyway, I'm just going to talk about Stranger Things, I guess, until he messages me. Stranger Things. I, 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 said, I, I made a video called How to Fix Game of Thrones. Everyone's yelling at me. Everyone's upset. Everyone uh, uh, thinks, hey, why if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah, you're the first person to comment that. Real smooth. Um, <laughs> where the fuck is Jim? Jesus Christ. This is, a, this is a weird one, guys. Oh, his computer crashed. But the broadcast is still going? That's technology we have, I guess. Oh my, this is getting edited later. But yeah, I mean, it is still live, even though he was hosting the stream. I don't know how that works. Okay, but for real though, I am going to talk about this. Because hey, I can hold the show on my own. Don't ever say I can't. I uh, got someone in the chat. Penny, what's up? Oh, you finished it last night. Perfect. Oh, you got an, you sent an email too? Jesus, it's like you and me, Penny. We're doing the show over here. Ugh, carrying it all. As always, am I right? Okay, so uh, I made a video about Game of Thrones previously, um, and I was kind of deterred because it didn't get that much response that I was hoping after I spent, you know, 70 hours on it. And then this week it kind of blew up a bit. So I've gotten to see uh, a lot of positive stuff from that, also a lot of negative stuff from that, as it is in fact uh, the internet, and the internet is full of weirdos and assholes. So uh, a lot of them... uh, like didn't like my title how to fix game of thrones and you know our title here is probably going to be how to fix stranger things or stranger things post-mortem and that sounds pretty negative but as you know if you've had a chance to check out our previous stranger things episodes we are completely on board with what's going on in stranger things just have some little quibbles we're just we just have fun with it you know we like to imagine what's going on so that's basically what we're doing here <laughs> 10 minutes ago perfect uh that's from the chat yeah there's a long email here this is perfect we're gonna go over all the things that might be fixed so to speak in stranger things but i think i am probably gonna hold on a little bit because if i start reading this stuff uh i don't think jim's read it so we're just gonna hold on a bit until he's back this is quality this is good stuff you guys oh gosh Problem is, if I have a microphone in front of me, I don't stop talking. 
Oh, thanks, Peter. Uh, I don't know why I called you Penny. It's your last name is Canny. I've mixed them up in my head. I got stressed out. You know, I was live. I was shooting from the hip. Um, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. A lot of people seem to like it. But then if you say how to fix blah, 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 ooh, people are not going to be on board. Anyway, I'm just vamping at this point. We're just hanging out. Oh, shows what you know. Join the video call. What oh, up, my goodness. I was just in the upside down, much like Will. <laughs> But I somehow fought my way back, much like Eleven. Mm. Uh, a few minutes later, I found an exit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I apologize, everyone. Did I miss anything great? Uh, yes, of course. And you'll get to listen to that later, as will everyone, how I just held it all together. Uh, just like Mike. It's not like I didn't do anything like Mike for a fucking year. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, we got Peter in the chat who has sent in a Stranger Things email. So I feel Excellent. like, why don't we just start with that? Because we got a few feedback things here on how people could, quote unquote, fix Game of Thrones. Make sure we put quotes around this. Otherwise, people are going to get mad as fuck. Uh, but this is the email Peter sent in. He said, you love the show uh, and also love the season of Stranger Things. Oh, that's, he loves our show even better. Um, and great to listen to us uh, make sense of everything that's going on and made it even more enjoyable. That's perfect. So here's some of his thoughts throughout the season. Um, okay, I'm just going to read this verbatim. So I don't think Stranger Things 2 really missed a beat from where we left off. When I watch a, a much-talked-about show like Stranger Things, I try to avoid spoilers entirely. So when I heard you guys say Episode 7, The Lost Sister, was frowned upon, I was pretty surprised. But I should have known how fickle fans can be when episode uh, when episodes stray from the norm. It may well be my favorite of the season. It was really fun, and, and the moral dilemma Eleven comes to when killing that guy is a really great scene. I also enjoyed the dynamic between her, her sister, and the rest of the gang. I did think it was a bit weird that the gang was as diverse as it was. Mm. I get that they're outcasts from all walks of life, but it was almost like they checked off all the type of characters they needed for the gang. But episode 7 has had so much uh, character development in such a short time that I really give that episode credit for that. What's your thought on that, Jim? Uh, all I'm saying, all I want to say is, one of us, one mm -hmm. of us. Like we yeah. need, we need to get our voices out there because this narrative that everyone hates episode seven has been like the dominating narrative right now. So we need to let it be known so the Duffer brothers don't get gun shy that like, hey, we, we enjoyed it. We welcome uh, a little different tone, a little different take. I'm not saying it's perfect. Clearly it's not. There are definitely some issues there. Uh you know, especially if you start getting into the whole X-Men vibe and, and whatnot. And I know a lot of people thought some of the actors left things to be desired. Uh, but I think there's a lot of potential. So I'm with it. Yeah, I mean, I had the same reaction as as you, Peter, um, since you said you were surprised. Or, well, I guess I saw it beforehand, but I guess I was surprised while watching it because um, being an internet comment type person, as I suppose I am, I, I guess I should keep up more with all what the fresh hot bloggers are blogging about on their hot blogs, but uh, I don't. So for me, it's like, it wasn't that different. And as we've discussed ad nauseum there, and we'll discuss uh, post-mortem, post-nausea, uh, we will discuss uh, that I have more issues with Mike and the antagonist than anything going on in episode seven. So I'm on board with that. 
Peter also wrote, when Will finds out uh, where the shed is when acting as a spy, why would he only send one demidog to kill them? Like, he thought one was enough? I thought they were surrounded. Unless uh, Eleven killed the rest of them with ease. I just thought it was a bit anticlimactic. I was expecting this great battle about to happen. Um, Yeah, what do you think, Jim? Well, I thought that was kind of the point. I thought the point was that Eleven did take out a few demodogs and then threw one through the window. Although maybe I'm misremembering details. It's been a couple of weeks since I saw it, but I thought there were a couple and she kind of took a few out and then one flew through the window and then she had her grand entrance at the front door. Yeah, that's also what I thought. Um, I will admit, I uh, like I don't know if it was... A, a great payoff like obviously it's great to have 11 back uh but the whole build-up was like oh no the monster can't find out where we are then the monster finds out he killed like 11 kills a few demodogs then kind of nothing happens there and they stay like they keep the children here where the monster knows where the will is still still here um because the monster wanted to get to will but they never really explained that either the whole motivation of the bad guy is kind of unclear obviously he's an eldritch horror but uh yeah we'll we'll have more to say on that when we talk about how to quote unquote fix uh game of thrones but yeah that's not super clear it's all for the payoff of l being back but we don't we already know that's happening so mm-hmm. i mean it's a great moment but yeah I, I also guessed that there were more dogs but then just nothing comes of it and they make a big deal about the monster not finding out where they are uh even after 11 leaves they just kind of hang around so uh yeah feels kind of like a nitpick when I'm saying it, but I, I see where you're coming from, uh, and I see how you could read it that way. Uh, let's see. The Billy fucking the Wheeler's mom scene was great. I was really rooting for the kid. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, I mean, I guess as a scene, like, it's a funny enough joke. It's just, um, why is it happening now? Especially, like, they've... I mean, I guess it gives a different element to Billy in a weird way, or I guess it adds to his over-the-top villainous that, yeah, he's going to fuck their mom to show them what's what or something. I don't know. Uh, I like. I get it's a funny enough joke, and it's like she's reading the romance novel and all that. Uh, it's just I don't get why it's there. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's for the goof. I mean, when I read that, I was like, shit, did, did I miss that he actually fucked her? Did they imply that? But I don't think they did. Cause he oh, leaves. is he saying that she, that he did? No, uh, d- well... He didn't, he didn't no. in my understanding. It's just she, he got her all hot and bothered and left her with blue balls. Well, yeah, he said, uh, I was really rooting for the kid. No, they they definitely didn't do that. But, hey, this is always next year. It's always next year, everyone. Another thing I give the show credit for is that they actually kill off our beloved Bob. I thought... Uh, I thought that took balls to do, especially with how likable they made him and all the trouble he went through to get out alive. Although you can kind of sense what was going to happen in the lead up to his death, I still was really sad about the whole thing. Again, I thought uh, killing him took uh, balls. (laughs) Not red wedding balls, but balls nonetheless. (laughs) Also, uh, I didn't really think about the Hopper Joyce ship until you guys brought it up. Okay. Well, I think, I mean, I don't know if this is my jaded TV mind. It's just that they made him that likable because they knew they were killing him off. Like, the, So, I mean, yeah, I guess it kind of take balls, but it's kind of not really because he's a new character. So it was just like a premeditated thing. But now again, like this is just, this is me as a jaded like piece of shit looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Like you have the, like you're looking at it in the right idea. Like you're like, 
oh man, like I, I, we spent time with this character and I really liked him. And then they just took him from me. So like, that's good. And it shows that they kind of were successful and you're right. Like it does seem a little telegraphed in the moment for sure. Um, but yeah, it just from from my point of view, it's kind of more like, well, of course they killed him off, and of course they wanted to, they 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 tried to earn that moment by, like setting the stage previously, which yeah, I we, mean, just because yeah. you know how the sausage works doesn't mean it's a bad thing, so it's still, I mean, it's still effective. Yeah, from all the behind the scenes stuff, we know that that character was invented to die, and then in true. Stranger Things or um, yeah, TV Manor, they liked him and they liked what was going on and, and they saw how they could make him more likable before killing him and so they did. Uh, they did, like, he, he was going to be, you know, the horror movie uh, trope of a girl who gets killed in the first part and he even said he was going to be the season's barb uh, and then they just kept him around a little bit longer. Although, I mean, I... I agree with what Jim was saying that you have the right idea of it and looking at it any other way is like, you, you tried to make me feel something and you did. Ha, you tricked me. Like, yeah, no, that's why we're here. That's, that's why we have this whole show because we like that stuff. So, so yeah. Um, so then we get on to stuff that could fix, quote unquote, the show. And Peter says, I think I'd take out the whole Nancy and Jonathan romance and instead spent that time on uh, the 11 sister gang. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the will they won't they relationship made me hate both of them. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. And like Jim said, every time they would cut back to them uh, at the re reporter's secret hideaway. Yeah, I guess the conspiracy theorist. I just wanted to get back to following someone else. That really ate up time, uh, a lot of time for no reason. Also, Jonathan and Nancy are pieces of shit for hooking up, uh, but the show wants to be cool with it. Steve is like the perfect guy and she cheats on him, treats him shitty and never apologizes. Why the fuck would we as an audience be cool with that? Mm. I think that endpoint's a great point, but I feel like they they didn't anticipate that they were, were going to like they themselves, I think have admitted that they fell in love with the Steve character. And that wasn't initially the plan. Yeah. So, but like clearly Jonathan and Nancy was always a plan as like the, you know, the outcast nerd and the crush he has on the girl, even though they made him like, we're like, we brought up, they made him really creepy in the beginning, taking pictures and stuff. Yeah. But like the, they already had this endpoint set of like this relationship budding, but then they wanted Steve around more because they liked the actor and they liked what he was doing. And they kind of, I guess, like the idea of having this bully, but then make it seem like, oh, well, he's just kind of a good guy like everyone else. So they, they kind of screwed themselves in that respect. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't it, like, I think this point's really good because you're like, but wait, Steve's really nice and cool. And she just yells at him and says everything's bullshit. Although I guess they give them, do they give them kind of? No, not really, because Steve is now Steve is like the pining good guy, right? In the shadows, yeah. it's like I'll let them be happy or whatever. So it's yeah. a it's a bizarre take. Well, yeah, he's the best guy. He becomes at the end what Jonathan was supposed to be at the beginning, the pining Peter Parker, looking after Spider Man, shooting off with his girl. Or no, well, not Spider-Man. I, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know Fuck. what you mean. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, he does say, however, Nancy redeems herself uh, from all this with by dancing with Dustin at the end. But fuck Jonathan, he's a spaz and a weirdo who spends too much time doting on his brother. I was hoping when they were coming out of the woods, Steve would just pop him in the face. 
yeah, I mean, that's a fair, like Steve, even showing more how he's a good guy, you see your girlfriend come out of the woods with this guy and you're just, yeah. you've been babysitting uh, like his, his brother and uh, I was hoping, yeah, 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 Billy and Jonathan were similar levels of villains in my eyes. Well, the thing is, I like the Jonathan character as far as like as far as it concerned was with his family. Like he cares about his family a lot. Obviously, he's looking out for his brother. He's always looking out for his mom. He's like he's the parental figure in the household. But yeah, this Nancy relationship does make him more like. I mean, not a villain, but I guess villainous a little bit just between his creepiness and then like how now at this point he's yeah, stealing a girl from a good guy. <laughs> So I guess I understand that. Uh, back at the towards the beginning when he mentioned I'd rather spent time on Eleven and her sister's gang. Uh, that that is an interesting point. Like for the people that didn't like the episode, do you think they would have liked it more if it was more like we were just cutting to Eleven during episodes and just seeing what she's up to, where it wasn't this whole like it was. It could still be the same story, but in the similar way that we're just following everyone on their path if it was just integrated within episodes. Well, can you break down for me? Like when people say it's bad, what are the reasons mainly? Well, although I guess a lot of the reasons is they say, well, a lot of people say it kills momentum because mm. it does, because we come off that, that uh, cliffhanger and then we go on this side quest, which I get, but I also, like I said before, since it's a show that you could just watch the next episode anytime you want, I don't really care about that. It's not like they're making me wait a few extra weeks to see what's going on. It's up to me. I could just watch whatever I want. Although some people did say it's it's a different tone and jarring, so I guess maybe that wouldn't work well if you integrate it within an episode uh, because it's like killing some of the tones of the other storylines. Although, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't. For me, they made the right call um, doing it this way because, I mean, I can see the point of feeling like it being jarring and doing something completely different. And I think we've even, uh, I've complained about that from other shows, but for me, it worked here. Uh, I guess it's because I like the material in the show, so that, I mean, or the, in the episode, so that means spreading it out probably wouldn't have helped for the people who didn't like it. They'd feel like we feel about Nancy and Jonathan. Why the fuck are we cutting to these hooligans in some city? It doesn't have anything to do with it. Maybe they'd feel like that. Yeah. Um, so the ending was very wholesome and almost entirely happy, which may be lackluster for certain people, but I love that type of shit. The Nancy-Dustin dance scene was relatable and just made me really happy. Even the Hopper-Joyce smoke break warmed my heart. I think they are in a really good spot to pick up at season three, and overall, I was pretty satisfied with the show. That's from Peter C. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I really liked uh, the ending and how it played out. And I think even like even if you're pretty cynical on the show, uh, I think that like the dance stuff was it's just it's such a nice culmination of this journey and a nice reminder that these main characters we love are kids and just seeing them in a more realistic kids moment it almost i've heard people say this before and i'd almost agree where they're like it kind of made me want to just watch a, a high school drama about them and you don't have to worry about ghosts and monsters you just get yeah. to see, 
like a freaks and geeks but with the stranger things kids and then i'm almost like yeah hell yeah let's do that yeah i mean this is from um jonathan who is a regular listener and commenter sending in his feedback as you can do to shows what you know show at gmail.com or shows what you know with a u for the u on twitter uh he he let me know that he thought someone should have died earlier in the season to make it have more of that horror feel because otherwise like he was like yeah it's fine if it were freaks and geeks but it's supposed to be horror and that's i think what they were planning to do with bob and then they ended up liking him and kept him around uh so we actually didn't get anything like that and that's probably part of why it felt like it didn't have that much momentum at the beginning right yeah i could see that i think that's a decent point but the, I, I guess the trade-off is like we were just talking about with the uh bob character is it wouldn't have mattered if they killed him early yeah. Because this would have been like, all right, yeah, new character, they killed him, so what? Like, even though it would, f I guess, it's like a fake-out sense that there are higher uh, stakes, but if you're not going to really kill off someone of note, it's not going to, I don't know, it's not going to have the same impact. So I guess that's the, the trade-off. It's like, well, what do we do? Do we want to, like, spend some more time with this character, make the audience like him a bit more, or do we want to, like, really establish like, established the, the horror elements, so... Yeah, I mean, I Jonathan. Did, uh, yeah, sorry, say, Jonathan also said that, uh, like, he felt Bob and Barb were like obvious victims brought in, and that's why he didn't feel like there were great stakes even with Bob dying because all the good guy main characters felt a little too safe, and he felt like no one could have been surprised when they died. Um, and yeah, like, but yeah. I guess that's kind of the trade-off because people did respond to Barb, but they respond to Barb as like the goof way. And she was killed off fairly early. Yeah. So given that it was this, like, you, I guess you see examples of both between the two, between the first one and the second one. And you see the pros and cons of either one. Uh, and it kind of comes down to the fact of, like, I mean, it's because otherwise it's like, what are you just going to, like, kill Dustin? Uh, yeah. And you kind of can't really kill Dustin. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like either way, if they're the more, like, obvious victims i prefer what they did with bob and 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 i guess the big thing that really sold it to me like we talked about in the past episode is when they're talking about how he like started the av club and stuff it kind of really hit it with the characters more and felt like a bigger loss than it probably was yeah and for me um the i like i when we were talking about game of thrones i i was saying like just like just because we want characters to maybe like just we want there to be stakes but we don't want Daenerys's head to be cut off in episode 2 and oh although people on YouTube uh disagree <laughs> gotten a lot of comments uh this week along the lines of cut her fucking head off but uh, uh I disagree obviously and um I, I kind of forgot what I was going to say but yeah it, no yeah cuz the antagonist had bigger problems that wouldn't just be resolved by killing someone off I felt um, so even if that happened, that might set more of the mood, but f for me, like the motivation was so diffuse, as we mentioned that I think that uh, affected it more the whole sense of danger. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we kind of went into it a bit. Like it was never clear, like it was kind of clear that Will had a connection just because he was stuck in the upside down and was in like that cocoon or whatever they had to pull him out, but it was never clear why like the mind flayer wanted will was it just solely for the spy but then for the spy like 
what does he gain from this kid? So you're right. Like there's no, we don't really have an idea. I mean, you can kind of try to build something like I assume like the mind flayer would eventually be doing that to like, just kind of taking over everyone type thing. But yeah. I get, I'm just guessing. Well, yeah, that's my uh, main kind of thought that might like, we're kind of, I think we're just going to have a general talk about stranger things and that's going to be this episode. So I'm going to get back to Jonathan's feedback in a moment, but yeah. I felt like if the antagonists, like there, there's a twist kind of in the middle or yeah, towards the end before we go to episode seven, where Will sent all those soldiers to die. Um, but it, like, and that's the reveal that like he controls Will. But I felt like, in general, it would have helped if the antagonist uh, was really searching for some specific goal and like not just make the hole bigger so more monsters can get through. Or if that is its goal, there needs to be something concrete they can do to achieve that. Like, for example, when those vines snare up the sheriff uh, when he's down there uh, dig-dugging and he gets caught up. Like, what was the point of that? Like, I would, I, I, I like that as a thing, but then he just kind of gets away. And it would have been nice if we find out, yeah, no, if you ensnare someone, then this happens, then that happens, then they can reach their goal. Like, it would be nice if this thing seems so big and evil that it's like, no, it can't possibly have a, a goal that it's working towards. It's just an evil, like, force of nature. Uh, we can't comprehend it. But then towards the middle of the sh uh, of the season, maybe it would turn out all these different things it's done with the tunnels and everything. It's all been towards reaching one and the same goal. And I'm not completely sure what that would be, but maybe the tunnels are, like, their way of trying to reach Eleven. Like, maybe they all go to that cabin or whatever because it knows that Eleven is the thing that can open the hole wider or something like that. Um, I'm not completely sure, but just giving it something like that would make it feel more dangerous, and it would have been a nicer twist than just having Will be a spy, which would let us kill off a few uh, soldiers and then have it attacked by demidogs that don't feel that dangerous uh, without, like, a force guiding them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, cause, and especially, like, since it seems that they were saving the idea that the the mind flayer knows about eleven like yeah if they had just done something to make it seem like this was all about eleven this season it kind of would have made more sense and it was just about the the mind flayer trying to get her power but it but from what the Duffer brothers have said like no the last shot of this of Stranger Things 2 is the mind flayer being like I see you eleven and I see your power but it's just weird because they just kind of wanted to save it. So, well, that that would make sense, but why not make Will the character then? Because you already have this connection, you have all this stuff going on. Have him have a clear motivation for trying to get into Will's brain and do all that stuff because it kind of seems like he wants Will to be like his parrot on the shoulder of him being a pirate. Like he's Will's going to be his his evil mascot or something uh that seems to be the goal but since will has been in the upside down he can carry something with him that can be more than just uh you know dart the demidog he can actually be somehow the key to open it up and then maybe at the end of the season it it gets closed but at that point the antagonist has found out about 11 right yeah yeah well i just figured either way like what you said or even if it was just Will was its only connection to try to get in with these kids to find more about Eleven, but, you know, yeah, either, yeah. either way. Yeah, it could also work. 
Um, so Jonathan uh, also agreed with us about the editing. His his number one fix would be to hire a different editor or whoever it is that's deciding to cut in these flashbacks that destroy the scenes. Uh, it started a little bit in season one, but it feels like uh, season two had one in every episode. When Eleven was closing the gates in the last episode, I really hope they wouldn't ruin the scene by cutting in a flashback of Eight teaching her how to use her power of anger. But of yeah. course they did the most yeah. obvious thing possible and the scene was ruined for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we've been talking about it and I got to agree. It's uh, because for all this talk, like I've seen the headlines or whatever about how, you know, shows like Stranger Things are changing the landscape on how we consume entertainment or how you can make a TV show. But when you see stuff like that, it just shows they don't trust the audience to know what's going on, even when it's widely understood that most people are going to watch this whole sh this this thing you've worked on for a year they're going to consume it in a day or two and they're going to forget about it so they're 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 in there they're already in this world they've followed this story you don't have to throw in these things to say like hey dummy remember remember when she used her power and her anger now the other the other side of it when they kind of I, I don't really mind having some flashes in that moment because it's her culmination or whatever, but I don't need something from an hour ago that I just watched. Uh, like when, when it's like her and her friends or even like just younger her and uh, like uh, Papa and maybe seeing how Hopper's like a real father figure, like stuff like that when it maybe just kind of spells out more of a character moment rather than like, I remember my anger. Like, so there's like a fine line. Like I'm not against that moment having a few flashes of what's going on in her head, but when it becomes the obvious, like remember when you moved a truck? Well, you could probably close this thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean, Jonathan suggested they fire the editor, but I suspect that this was a choice from the Duffer brothers because I cannot imagine Netflix coming in and saying, no, you must have the iconic flashbacks from, from season one, but more this time. And I honestly think they added it because the climax is kind of weak. And again, we like Stranger Things too, don't get it twisted, but it's not a super strong climax. And as you were saying, I think they added it uh, t to give it more of a sense of this being a culmination of things coming together. And I, I'm not completely sold on that being earned, that, like, what was it that she learned that helped her close the portal at the end? Like, what change did she go through? Sure, she let go of some of her ang anger uh, because she didn't kill that guy. And she grew up a bit. But how does that relate to her power becoming stronger and closing it? Like, is it the power of love? Or what is it? Is, should it have been flashes of Mike and uh, him getting consumed or, or that she's seeing and she's afraid of that and that she, it's trying to control her with fear, but she's fighting back because she, her friendship and status more powerful. I'm not sure, but just cutting in whatever... It felt like a mishmash of, you know, just cut in whatever during yeah. whatever scene, and that, then it just gets distracting. I mean, I'd like to think of it as, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm filling in gaps on my own, but I'd like to think it, this could be confirmed depending on where they go with, 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 you know, future stories, but it's harnessing trauma and, you, and like how using that trauma either for good or bad but I'd like to see them explore that a bit more and see how, like, yes, your trauma won't defi define you and you can use that to be a better person, but also explore, like, how that could make you a bad person.
Yeah. But again, like that's me. I'm trying to fill that in. I'm trying to make sense of it because I enjoy it and I want it to be better than it is. So, mm. yeah. Um, so uh, another thing from Jonathan was he thought the first episode was bad uh, and that he barely wanted to keep watching because it felt so all over the place. Like he didn't understand why they felt they needed to visit all the characters again in the same episode. It could have been more spread out and the episode could have needed more focus of you setting up a new mystery or something similar to to get your interest back and to get you to keep like a hook basically um he suggested that the first episode could have been maybe a bottle episode about will his like his family and friends could obviously have been there but uh will could have been an obvious main character because another one of his points was that there's no clear main character in season two it's kind of similar to netflix's uh orange is the new black uh where you know there was a clear protagonist in the first season who got less and less importance as the show went on what did you feel about the first episode and if we needed some more clear main character i don't that doesn't really jump out to me i don't remember that i do remember being like two episodes in and being kind of like okay like where are we going with this but it didn't really jump out to me that that was a, a an issue um Hmm. I mean, it's yeah. interesting. It probably would have been a better take maybe to be a little bit more focused in the first episode to kind of still like because it keeps you on your toes setting up a new mystery. And it also is like, oh, what about everyone else? What's everyone else up to? Although I get it from the point of view of like, you know, we kind of had a bottle episode in episode seven and everyone hated it. I can only imagine what <laughs> people would have said if it was like. We didn't see like everyone in the first episode, even though, again, my biggest argument is that like since these shows are so different, it is it's it's not quite a TV show. So it's not there's not not usually a lot of like, oh, this episode was great. Yeah, it's more like this storyline was great. Yeah, it's almost because they separated seven so clearly that it sticks out to people and they can say, I didn't like episode seven. Because uh, otherwise people would be saying, I, I didn't like that storyline if it was more spread out. Now, I like the first episode, but I still like see the merits of maybe doing it a bit more focused, especially as far as getting a very clear hook and focus on one character, like maybe Will waking up and like going through his day, what his day is now. Uh, and like, yeah, obviously he's going to meet the other characters and stuff, but we identify clearly with him and set up that his battle is what we're going to go through. Now, I think if they do that, they couldn't have Will be evil for like three-fourths fourths of the show uh, or the, episode, the the season because they would need to have some way where he's more clearly fighting against this evil, either like physically or, you know, inside himself in some dreamscape in the Upside Down or, or whichever way, because if he's the main character, he can't be also like the creepy child that you have in every horror story. He needs to be able to fight it as well. Uh, another obvious choice would be Mike, of course, since he's the main character in season one, and he definitely needed more to do. I'm not sure if he should have been like the sole focus because... He is, like, I understand why he was sidelined, but uh, I basically agree with what um, Jonathan's saying, even if though I did like episode one. Yeah, but the, the thing is, like I was saying before, it's like everyone liked season one or Stranger Things one, but if I'm like, hey, you remember episode three, Holly Jolly? Do you remember what you loved about that episode? It's like, well, no, no one, yeah, no yeah. one talks about this really episodic. And I know you could kind of say that about a lot of shows, but 
this is at least a show that specifically tells you the title at the beginning of each one. So it's a little bit more of an argument to say that if you mention the title of an episode, you should kind of know it. Because most shows, it's like they don't even broadcast that. It's just like, here's episode four of season three. Um, but I don't know. I just think since it's not supposed to really be episodic, I'm not against that. But yeah, it was very clear that the first you know few episodes of this was... I don't want to say aimless, but it was kind of like, here's everybody, let's check in, and here's what they're doing, here's what they're doing. I think at the very least, since the kids are the big draw of this show, it would have to be either, I would say either an episode about Eleven. Uh, on her, The only character I could see being on her own would be Eleven. Yeah, and then yeah. anything about the kids, then maybe it'd be about the group of kids going on a small adventure before we see everyone else. I can't really see... I mean, I guess your argument for a Will episode makes sense because we didn't get to learn a lot about him uh, and he has such a connection to the Upside Down. But anything else, I feel like they have to be together. But that's just... Oh, me. yeah. I mean, uh, bottle episode's probably the wrong term for it. I, For me, all I would have wanted would be more of a, like a unified hook maybe and this is almost like i like the first episode so much so i'm kind of taking into consideration what people have said about like the unfocused hook of like three different things being what we're supposed to care about and people not liking the whole arcade storyline who's got the high score and stuff like that is kind of what i'm taking into consideration and saying well maybe if we set something up more clearly and also holly jolly is a great episode i'm on the stranger things wiki it's where we get the christmas lights for the first time and uh and and barb dies oh my gosh yeah great episode yeah actually i mean it does kind of prove the point because i forgot that there was a thing with the who was better on the arcade yeah (laughs) yeah and, and i mean i guess another ding against that is like they spend that episode really kind of being like max who's max what's max and then here we are at the end and it wasn't really a big deal who gives a Mm -hmm. shit like you could have still done that but in the first i guess you're right in the first episode that being a a mystery kind of had no real payoff whatsoever yeah and speaking of mystery we have feedback as well from javan una on uh, youtube who commented that the lack of mystery in stranger things too uh yeah mystery was really important in season one i think it's pretty much in the title of the show in my opinion because they didn't bother uh with any mystery this season it could have been fixed by having 11 kill max uh put her in a crucial condition earlier in the season and then the show would most be dealing with that covering up the murder etc with the subtext of alien siege i didn't read this beforehand um Just like American Horror Story, Asylum, Escaping the Institution was the main plot while Aliens and Satan was the subtext. What do you think, Jim? Well, I mean, I I agree with the initial point that, um, I mean, I get there's somewhat mystery because there's still kind of like what's Will's connection, even though at the end we really still don't know. I guess his connection is just that he was there uh, once, which is fine. Uh, but I, I agree with the initial point that, yeah, there maybe should have been a little bit more mystery surrounding what's going on to drive the season. Uh, I don't know necessarily about like alien invasion and all that stuff that they were talking about, but, uh, 
Well, uh, also, alternatively, they could have actually built on the mystery this season and established the context of the Mind Flayer's lore. It's still not established whether or not the show has spiritual slash mythological roots or whether they're aliens. We should know a bit more about them by season two. Had we found out those answers in more of Will's visions while he was possessed, that could have fixed the series. Uh, yeah, as you were saying, the alien stuff, uh, I think that was... Uh, like you comparing it to someone else, not necessarily saying there's going to be an alien siege, I assume. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the, the mystery lacking because we've already done this shit, kind of, what's going on in all of Stranger Things 2. Like discovering the Upside Down, we didn't know what that was in season one. That was a huge thing. Like where is Will? How can he be here and not here? And obviously we have like intertextual hints of having like seen other stuff and Stephen King and everything and parallel dimensions like we have those thoughts but we discovered all of that and the characters discovered all of that and this season the mystery is I guess what's Dart? We know he's a monster from the upside down yeah it's kind of a twist when he turns out to be a demogorgon but then they make them adorable dogs anyway uh like we're there's no mystery for us the viewer really except like, what are those vines for? And in the end, the vines are for nothing. They're there because it's spreading out. Uh, if they were there for a reason, that would make it a mystery, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, kind of, we touched upon this in, in the past episode, but um, they could have spent more time, they could have done more with the dart thing and even had it longer as like a, you know, a, an, an ugly cutesy type thing or had it be kind of the gizmo of demo, demo dogs. But yeah. Or like it's a little longer and the kids bond with it more before we have that reveal of like it killed the cat and it's a demo dog. And yeah. you're like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few things. And like it's also a double edged sword where it's like they could have explored more about what's going on. But then also part of the hook is better that like it's never better once we know like, if we know exactly what's going on with the upside down and all that. But they could have used the scenes of the scientists telling us the obvious shit like when it burns the sand or whatever they could have mm. used scenes like that to at least told us a little bit more like something unique or a little bit more to latch on to about what's going on without fully explaining and making it you know boring yeah i guess it's about the learning curve because we're ahead of the characters so by the point they bring out out like the blowtorch we're ready to t for you to tell us something new but instead you tell us what well, we've already seen that uh, Will is connected to it. Like that was the end of the previous episode. So instead you could have told us something mechanically interesting. And like, like uh, Javan was saying about like the lore, getting a bit more into that. Like, yeah, we know there's a big monster that controls the little monsters, um, but, and it doesn't like heat, but yeah, there's kind of, there's, if you're going to stay here and not make it any type of anthology or not make it X-Men, uh, we probably should have gotten a little bit more of that, maybe. Um, well, sp speaking of which, what, I think we should move on to, what are you, your hopes and dreams for season three of Stranger Things? Unless you had other stuff to say about positive uh, No, no, I think that's fine. I, I do feel like, I feel like it's it's okay to keep, like the Upside Down obviously isn't going anywhere. It's still going to be a part of the show, as it should. Mm -hmm. But it should probably take more of a back seat for Stranger Things 3. And that's why I know, like, we, we talked about the idea of Papa being alive was kind of a bit much. But making, like, maybe a little bit more grounded or different type of, of villain is probably a, a little bit more welcome. 
and they could maybe even use him as uh, you know some story dump on what's on what the upside down's goal might be since he was kind of the the head evil scientist and he might have a little bit more insights into what's going on. I think 11's clearly going to be the key to whatever Stranger Things 3 is whether it be whether it has to do with her joining the X-Men or not is that's kind of fine with me because I want 11 with the group more because I didn't it, it didn't serve that well to have them separated. So I'm looking forward to seeing the, the, the group together and maybe some of her stuff driving the plot as far as her powers and how powerful she is and also being probably still, even with her friends and family keeping her grounded, being a bit unhinged because of what she had to go through at a young age. Yeah, and we joke about um, X-Men, but she is going to be starting in this school uh, in a convenient uh, time span from now, about a year from now. She's going to be starting at the school. What a coincidence. And uh, she's like going to she's going to be going to a school and hiding her superpowers, which is such a like well-trodden path that I can't help but look forward to it <laughs> and what they're going to do with it. Because I, I know or yeah, at least I assume they're not going to do the obvious stuff with it because it has more of an influence from Stephen King than from Spider-Man and her going to a school and having powers. Like, I think that's what uh, one of those commenters was saying about, Hey, you know, have her fucking kill Max or something like have it uh, spin out of control. And I don't think necessarily something like that is exactly what should happen that she like, she has so much power. Like that's almost feels like well-trodden ground as well, but there's definitely interesting stuff to be done there and that's also you know why i was on board with uh like yeah i didn't love papa being back necessarily but i definitely see your point of us needing something between the level of uh, eldritch horror and these school kids like those that's the conflict and there's no connection points between them for them so no conflict is happening the connection point is will saying creepy stuff and that's been about it. So, so I definitely see the point in bringing back uh, more of an authority that, and and having just generally more factions that can kind of play off against each other. And whether eight goes, uh, eight comes to Hawkins, or whether we discover what's going on with the other numbers, because that seems like an obvious thing. Now we get number three, because it's Stranger Things three. Ha ha ha! Stuff like that. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with all that. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm looking forward to it. Just give me some new, give me some new already. And I hope these. There's always these rumors every time these freaking shows come out. But although I guess it's been proven true with Westworld, is that it's going to be quite a. Well, I guess we're getting closer, but it's already been a year at this point, right? Because mm -hmm. they're already saying like we may not get Stranger Things next year. It might not be till 2019 or something. And it's like, okay. come on, you're making eight episodes. Let's like let's make these episodes already. Let's do this. So yeah. Well, I guess I don't feel the same because of well, I, I, if it's in the start of 2019, I'm fine with it. I agree with you if it's like Halloween 2020 and it's like fuck off. They're going to be like t they're going to be fucking accountants by season 5. They're not going to be kids anymore. Um but yeah, so what's what's the deal with the Westworld? That's a side note. Do we have any like when the fuck is that coming out? Uh, that's question. Don't our... they have like a do they have a promo yet or or something? Mm, I know there's been I've been hearing more rumblings about mm -hmm. Westworld season two, so I feel like it's at least in the near future. I hope so. Uh, 
Trying to find an article. It's probably clickbait that's like, we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, don't you love when you Google, like, when's this coming out? And they're like, oh, the latest data. And then, like, there is none. But hey, we don't tell you until the last paragraph. Okay, um, Evan Rachel Wood tweeted uh, on the 6th, so less than a week ago, but she's, it's still vague, spring 2018. So we're still a little ways off. Okay. Well, that sounds all right. Uh, I did want to mention it was more of a goof, I think, but Jonathan also suggested each episode could open with a cold open where you see something from, like, someone's life and you don't really know who it is, like, new character, and then it all in the end it all comes together because episode one is about one and episode two has two, and this is all before, like, the intro plays and then we go to the regular characters, but we just see glimpses of these and then we figure out they have powers and then it comes together where all the crew of these fucking 11 people go together. So I think... I think that was a goof i think that's called sense eight i think that's yeah sense eight so yeah exactly uh yeah so stranger things podcast.com is of oh, course yeah. your source of all hold on hold on hold on i got one uh, more thing i got sure. one more thing. i know we kind of talked about this off mic but i sat down and did it this morning now stranger things rips a lot from stephen king obviously i mean there's obviously spielberg as well but stephen king and even notably it now the big thing about it is that we have the kids when they're young, and then we have grown-up versions of it. So I went and casted my own grown-up Stranger Things. Perfect. Right, uh, now, it's not... I, I tried to keep it within reason, not like, you know, uh, Chris Pratt and Jake Gyllenhaal and this and that. Like, get all the biggest stars ever that you could get. Okay. Although, I, I mean... I do I, for eleven. We'll say, and this is an obvious choice, but probably not a a a, uh, a get that they could get. Natalie Portman is clearly grown up eleven. Am I wrong? No, Am you're wrong? you're not wrong, but you're gonna blow most of the budget on that. But I'm fine with that, I guess. Uh, you don't have like a nice. You can't pull up the image just next to each other, or even make them morph into each other. Do we have that technology? Uh, uh, I can make I can make it. I don't have it right here live. Nah, that's Let's see. Fine, Let's just, I'll, I'll pull up a picture of Natalie Portman. It's clearly a grown up eleven, and I yeah. was kind of looking in in the age range of like late thirties. Uh, early 40s, basically, is what I was... So thinking. you're saying that Seth Rogen, at age 35, is a perfect Dustin, in other words. Yes, yes, in a lot of ways. <laughs> I did stay away from that. I was looking at... Um, let me pull up Natalie Portman. So James Franco is fucking Will. Yeah, no, She. if you're on the video feed, you can see that she is 11, so yeah, Natalie Portman is 11. 11. Clearly, yeah. Clearly, that's what we're going for. Uh, well, actually, let me pull up pictures then. Let me pull up some pictures real quick. Yeah, absolutely. I, I should have already had this, although my I did get sucked into the upside down. So mm. we know what happened there with all the pictures and prep I did beforehand. Well, that's another one of the reasons why I'm not upset necessarily if we get Stranger Things 3 in like a year and a little bit because they'll have time to get their pictures in order and everything like that. And maybe they'll be able to figure out some like, or, well, I mean, this is more of a serious note, but I'm, I agree with what um, Peter said that they're in a really great place right now as far as what's going to happen next because last time they did kind of throw shit in the air at the end of the season and then uh, now at the start of uh, Stranger Things 2 I was like oh catch this catch that what the fuck and now it's kind of like they could do anything in season 3 uh, at least as far as um, you know where the characters are right now they've, they've set up a lot of stuff where it's they haven't painted themselves into any corners basically so they could do whatever which is a great place to be since they have so much to draw on and uh, they're really great creative people who else have we got on the age machine? 
Well, I'm trying to pull up pictures of the characters now as well. So I'm trying. I'm mm. going like I'm fucking going there. Yeah. So, well, I was looking at Will. All right, Will Byers. Yeah. Picture Will Byers. I know. Mm-hmm. Fucking zoomed out here. Yeah, we got a picture of Will Byers here. My clearly choice. a young Elijah. What, no, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean he is kind of like a baby face, right? Yeah, yeah. He's so a child I'm man. For Will Byers' grown-up version. It's not necessarily 2017, but say like 2010. We're going Stranger Things 2010. Remember the good okay. old days that we were still being nostalgic. Uh, I'm going Jason Ritter, my dudes. Jason oh. Ritter is a grown-up Will Byers. Fight me. Don't even at me if you think that's not correct. I mean, that's pretty good. Is it mostly like the hair that made... Well, it's just the vibe. I'm just getting the vibe off him. He's just a baby face. Because I think even he's like older than a lot of people. But look at him. Look at how young he looks. He played dip- yeah, I mean, and he did Dipper on Gravity Falls. That's like one year ago that finished. So that's a kid person. That's the voice. But I mean, he can do a Will voice, right? Will's never going to get through. Uh, <laughs> Will's <laughs> never going to get through puberty, I'm afraid, at this point. So his voice uh, is going to be the same. Let me pull up. Uh, we also got, of course, we have Lucas. Uh, Lucas, the, the young <laughs> black child. Yep. Um, I'm going for Lucas, Anthony Mackie, my dudes. Oh, shit. Falcon himself from Captain America. And I know that might seem, oh, well, he's in Marvel movies. No, but he's, what else is he in? He's not a big star. He's not a huge star, but he's a big name. Mm. I think he's totally gettable for Stranger Things. He is pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, I thank you for not going, you know, Smith on it. What, like Thanks. Will Smith? Jaden, <laughs> because well, Jayden, he'll be he'll be older by then. Yeah, <laughs> like I assume we're not doing this right now, or maybe we are, or no, maybe I'm we're doing it in twenty ten, like season four or something. And they're like, we're gonna have some flashes. I'm saying if they were doing it in the near future, we're you're saying have- if they go into Back to the Future, they go for the full enchilada of eighties references, and they get in a fucking DeLorean, or no, they don't get in a DeLorean, but they're like they explain it by watching. <laughs> they explain well, no, but, it by watching Back you know, to the Future, and I then they draw. Like, you're acting yeah. like it's so crazy, but meanwhile, they're going into other dimensions. You realize this, right? No, I'm not saying it's crazy. I'm just saying instead of drawing out a Dungeons and Dragons manual, they draw out fucking Back to the Future, and they look at Doc during the timelines, and then they draw their timelines. It's going to be wow. great. Now, Dustin is a tough one, honestly. I mean, the obvious, of course, is Seth Rogen, I guess. But he, I mean, I, I like Seth Rogen. Who doesn't? But he, how are you going to look at that and not see Seth Rogen? How are you going to see Dustin? What are they going to do to his hair I, to I think, fix? I, I think that's kind of selling Dustin short in a way by saying yeah. Rogen. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, of course, Dustin. Actually, do I have a, like, I, I had I had two options for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull it up. And see, I, I'm going the other way. The thing is, yeah, everyone, like, you know that every hunk starts out as probably some lovable little kid you know what i mean uh-huh you see it all the time those kids grow into hunks uh let me see here i gotta find the picture okay mm-hmm. here's one it's gonna be hunky i can already taste it i'm saying james marsden is one choice here oh shit james marsden from uh you cyclops and x-men mm-hmm He's also in a little movie called Disturbing Behavior back in the day. I don't know what else he's in. Oh, he's I on mean, Westworld. We were just talking about Westworld. 
Oh, right. Oh, yeah, he's the guy. Uh, yeah, um, you you are, like, even just more versed. You're just pulling people where I don't pull Seth Rogen as an insult. I'm like, who looks kind of like that? Uh, I don't know, Seth Rogen. And, like, I'm not... Or insults are hard. Now I'm insulting Seth Rogen. But I agree. It's that guy. Well, who's the other option? Well, James Marston. Let me just show it again real quick. Here's James Marston. Here's here's Dustin. Uh, James Marston. Dustin. Absolutely. I can't, I can't even tell which one is which. It's like A or B? A or B? I'm like, I don't... What? Do, am I wearing glasses? Am I not? What's happening? All right. Let me blow you away again here. Mm-hmm. Wait. Another one on Dustin? Or where this are we doing? My other, this is my other Dustin. Okay, I'm other... going to counter you with another Dustin offer uh, after you've done your second one, though. Okay, so here we go. Let's let me remind you again. Here's here's Dustin. Of course, we'd all know the lovable Dustin from Stranger Things. And mm -hmm. here, Dustin growing up when we flash forward in time to see like what everyone's up to in the 2010s and how the events of Stranger Things have affected them. Now they're adults. Ryan yeah. Philippi. Ryan Philippi. Mm, okay, that's pretty good. Who's, I'm also who the fuck is that? Curly hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Who, who's, who's this person? What's he in? Ryan What's Philippi. He was in Cruel Intentions. Mm. He was in. You never saw Cruel Intentions. I guess mm. that. No, what else I did he? not. He was in Crash. Crash. Yeah. Remember, well, a, movie, a movie won an Oscar. It. Well, <laughs> yeah. Don't remind me. Then I know what you did last summer. Okay, I mean, he looks. I, I'm gonna have to. I, I like your first pick better, honestly. If, I, if we're if we're picking sides, although yeah, I, I mean, mean yeah, it's my first pick. But I'm just saying, Ryan Phillippe's very passable. Right, right. Let me see here. What did, what did I what did I have here? Well, all right. So get this, Jim. They got yep. the DeLorean, like the evil dimension DeLorean, all hooked up, and they tr they're trying, like, okay, we have to get to the future to, you know, save the stop the the upside down. Instead, they accidentally send Dustin to the past, and Dustin, grown up in the present, played by Sean Astin. Yep, that's right. He was Bob Sean all along. Astin, holy shit. Yep, he was Bob all along. Uh, that's why it's paradox. That's why it's going to be even more likable. He's going to be, when he dies for the second time, having protected them, having gone back in time and started the AV Club from technology from the future. Yes, that's right. He accidentally gets sent into the past. He looked up to him that much, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be him. I'm going to be well, that. I don't think it was intentional, but yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, he gets sent back in time when they try to, you know, by, he gets touched by the uh, flux capacitor monster. And, you know, sometimes that's what life gives you. Lemonade. You make Aston... Um, Aston Aid. Well, now, I mean, for the final character here, uh, of course, we have Mike Wheeler, um, the de facto leader in season one, and, you know, the will they, won't they of Mike and Eleven. Uh, let me pull him up here for the chat to remind everyone here's Mike Wheeler. Now, the tough thing with this is because uh, Finn Wolfhard, the actor, he's also in It. So everyone's, mm -hmm. everyone's been casting, he plays Richie Tozer in It, and everyone's been casting. Um, What's his face for it part two? Uh, uh, the guy from SNL. Um, why am I not? I'm, I'm spacing on his name. Mm, so I kept kind of, I kept seeing him because everyone's been casting him as the uh, grown up version. I'm sorry, people. I should have already had this. He was in, he was in that Amy Schumer movie, uh, Trainwreck. 
I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm the wrong person to have this conversation with. You know, he was in that movie. How are you not yeah, consuming yeah. movies? Oh, Bill Hader. A lot of people. Oh, they're picking Bill Hader for it, which makes sense because his character Richie in it is a little different. He's more of like the class clown. He's always cracking jokes and swearing and you know doing kick-ass stuff. But you can't really go that. It's not the same. He's not the same as Mike's character. He's not Mike. From Stranger Things, and that's that speaks to the versatility of a Finn Wolfhard that sure. he could play Richie Tozer and he could play Mike. But so what I'm going here's my pick for grown up Stranger Things, grown up Mike Wheeler. You gotta go with Milo Ventimiglia or however you say his last name. That's right, Jess himself from Gilmore Girls is grown up Mike Wheeler. Get at me, don't even at me. Mm-hmm. I uh, it is a good pick. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's Gilmore Girls, so I know what you're talking about this time. Uh, it's Jess, and, you know, he's probably even gonna, like, he's... When when was the character of Jess born in the Stranger Things universe? I mean, I guess it's in the early 2000s. When did Gilmore Girls start? I'm just saying he could I be. Thousand. Yeah, yeah, and he's kind of in his teens. So, well, you know... I mean, the, the actor himself is 40 right now. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay. 40. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's what happens. Well, check. Yeah, he was born in 1977. Fuck me. I mean, 40 in July. I mean, I guess he's the right age then, more or less. They're like 10. Well, he's even too, too, too young. I mean, he's a little younger. Yeah. But like I said, if we go, like, if we're going Stranger Things 2010, though, he's fucking there. Yeah. And it's great because by the time this gets out, we're even going to have nostalgia about 2010. You know, it's already (laughs) 2017. um, So that's perfect. He was actually a tough one to pick, uh, yeah. but I gotta say, Milo Ventimiglia, grown up Mike Wheeler. Tell me who's better. Tell me someone better. I dare you. No, you're right. Good job. Good job, Jim. Uh, I believe it. I believe your picks, and I believe. I mean, doesn't it seem kind of inevitable? Maybe not season three, but maybe you know, Stranger Things five. This time it has time travel. Like it seems like it could happen. But the thing is, it doesn't need to be time travel because the show's a period piece. It just mm-hmm. is. It doesn't need to be time travel. It's just like, okay, in this new season, it's not 1985. Like, it's not like we did a time travel from the end of Stranger Things one to Stranger Things two to get to 1984. It was just 1984 now. So yeah. if you're like, guess what? Now it's two, 2005. What would these characters look like? Here they are. Bang. Done. Well, if they, I, you're right. It doesn't have to be time travel but it is going to be time travel that's what i'm saying uh you're right that could happen although yeah the the, the actors are just going to age up at some like and but maybe if the, if you're right and just tv comes out slower and slower maybe they will be you know 20 in stranger things 6 well 20 no they'll be older they'll be fucking 40 in 20 stranger well, things see, but you keep getting hung up on them aging with themselves i'm just saying if next year they're like they're not kids anymore now it's taking place in present day like you're not going to sit around and wait for the characters to... You're not going to wait for these actors to get old. You're going to cast an older actor to be the character. You know that TV and real life are different, right? I know that TV and real life are different, but do you know what would happen to Stranger Things if they did that? They're like, okay, let's kill our best show uh, by taking out... Like That's why they didn't make it an anthology in the 80s. They were like, we have all these great characters that people love. And then it's like, well, let's just even not make it the 80s anymore and have old people in it. That's the thing, but I'm not even saying saying that that would be the whole show. You know, you could do both, right? Like you could have things inform 
Like, cause that's the whole thing. Like when they're making it too, they're not going to wait for all these actors to be, to be 25 years older. They're going to get older actors to play them. And then they're going to have cuts to when they were kids. Yeah. Well, I'm the yeah, one of us who the best of both worlds. Yeah. Well, I, I'm the only one of us who watched that comedy uh, pilot, me, myself, and I, uh, the one where he was in the past and in the future and in the present. I think that's the, what it was. And yes. uh, it wasn't that great. Didn't really have legs. I see what you're saying. It's possible. I don't think it would show, be that good. How many monsters or alternate dimensions were in that show? Well, that's what I'm saying. If they have that, like, yeah, show the past, show the present, and then at the middle of the season, you show the wormhole that fucking connects them, okay? Let's take this all the way. Unless, unless it's like we get to the point, like the movie It, by the way, where they defeat the big bad, they're like, everything... La, 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 didn't watch it yet, la, la, la. Guess what? They wake up when they're older, and it's like, it's not done! Oh my god, we have to remember what we did as kids so we could defeat it now as we're, we're adults. Okay. Well, I mean, that's very specific. That might be what happens, though. It's a Stephen King thing. Makes sense, I guess. I think it was this episode's a, over, Jim. <laughs> I know. It, it, just, it was just a silly thing, and you're fighting me at every angle. You're fighting me at every angle on this, just doing a silly dream casting. God damn you. I like your dream cast. Uh, it's, very, uh, it's very nice. And I'm just saying we need a wormhole. I try to put wormholes in most of my stories if it's at all possible. And Stranger Things makes that possible. So why not utilize it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You know, put some wormholes in there. Nice. All right. So StrangerThingsPodcast.com uh, or ShowsWhatYouKnow.com is where you can find the show. You can, of course, subscribe on iTunes. And if you recommend a show for us to watch, uh, yeah, on an iTunes review, then we're going to watch that show So and do an episode on it. Um, we got some episodes coming up on those very themes. Uh, and, of course, you can always contact us uh, through uh, our own projects, uh, JimandThem.com for Jim and Them, and AwesomePedia.org for my shit. Um, that's about it, everyone. Thank you for Absolutely. listening. Absolutely. Thanks. Peace.